welcome to the Rise Rooted Podcast. If you're a mom who feels like you've lost yourself along the way, you have landed in the right spot. I'm your host, Katherine Middlebrooks, founder of BRB Yoga and postpartum health expert who has helped thousands of moms rebuild their bodies after baby. Each week, join me and my guests as we explore ways to create health in mind and body so that you can live a life you love. Hello, hello. Welcome back. In today's episode, I am bringing you a fantastic interview with Katie Kermitzos of the Women's Meditation Network. Katie is a mom, wife, adventurer, podcaster, seeker, and changemaker. She is committed to brightening the light of women around the world through the Women's Meditation Network, which provides guided meditations and related resources specifically created with the special journey of women in mind. She is passionate about giving women the tools, strategies, and inspiration to live lives they truly love. Katie and I dive really deep into the topic of meditation. And in this episode, I wanted to cover, yes, the practical how-tos of meditating. So if you've never meditated before, how do you get started? And how do you do it in a way where it doesn't feel overwhelming, where you don't feel like you have to carve an hour out of your day or wake up at 5 a.m. to do it? So we cover all of that, and truly, you can have a meditation practice that gives you all the positive benefits by just carving out a few minutes a day. But I also wanted to really explore the benefits that each of us have received from having a regular meditation practice. And what struck me as I listened back to the interview was just how many benefits we both were able to attribute to our meditation practices and how varied and wide-reaching the benefits were for both of us. We both listed very tangible benefits, such as the way we feel on a day-to-day basis, the way we interact with the people in our families. And then we also both had more intangible, wide-scope benefits, such as the way that we view our place in the world. So for both of us, meditation has really impacted everything for the better. And one of the reasons I wanted to be sure to have an episode on meditation on this podcast is because I truly believe that not so many years down the line, that all of us will be engaging in some form of meditation or mental fitness practice on a daily basis, just like most of us recognize that daily physical fitness is important and valuable. Meditation can be such a powerful tool to step into greater clarity in your life, greater joy, greater presence. And all of that is necessary for us to live our best lives. So I'll stop talking now. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for being here today. I am super pumped to dive into this conversation. Uh, I'm so excited to be here, Catherine. Thank you for inviting me on. So I want to talk a lot about some of the practical how to meditate when your mom and much of your time is not your own. But before we get into that, I need to start somewhere else because I ask 
all the people I interview to share with me how your work and mission help moms step into their greater purpose. And I don't often share them, but when I read yours, I was basically like yelling a big old hell yeah in my house. So (laughs) I want to read it and I want to talk about it. So you said that you create meditations as a tool to help mamas see their own inner light and connect to their inner voice so that they can be confident leaders of their own lives. Now, first of all, that's just beautiful. <laughs> let's start there. Thank you. <laughs> but let's talk about this because becoming a confident leader of your own life is not something that you often read about when you see you know, the blog posts that are like 10 benefits of meditation. So I would love to hear more about how you have seen this play out, either for yourself or for the women that you work with. Yes, this is really the heart of why I do what I do and why I started the Women's Meditation Network um, because of this, because I really I I don't have a desire to be a meditation teacher, although I know a lot about the logistics and the physical benefits and the psychological benefits of meditation. And I can talk about that all day long. But what I'm most interested in doing is sharing the tool of meditation so that women can use it to help them get very familiar with what I like to call their inner voice, or you might call your intuition, or your deep soul, or your true self. Um, Because I believe that meditation gives us an opportunity to practice tuning in and listening to that inner voice. And when you have more and more practice doing that, you start hearing things that are your truth, that are very true for you, things that are like, this is what would make me happy. This is what I'm not happy with. This makes me really uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. I definitely want to do that. It's only so long that you can hear that voice and hear that truth before you need to actually start taking action. And, you know, that's really where that very action-oriented word leader, self-leadership comes from. But, you know, I sort of see it as you choosing to through the practice and the tool of meditation, learning to hear that inner voice and then learning to do what she says. And when you do that over and over again with practice, you do two things. Number one, you completely deconstruct the scripted life that you're living. Um, not to say that there aren't parts of your of that script that are amazing and wonderful and totally fit with you, but there are probably parts of your life that don't fit with you and that you may not know have been scripted. And so all of a sudden you're finding yourself very uncomfortable or just unhappy with them. So you start deconstructing that and then you start really reconstructing and designing a life that is 100% created by you. And, And I really believe so powerfully that meditation is one of, it's not the only, but it's one of and probably the most powerful way to pause and to practice listening to that voice so that you know what it is you really want to create. Yes. Personally, I, I've had a meditation practice for a while, and I just think it's so true in my own experience as well. I 
I used to think that meditating made me feel smarter, (laughs) but then I thought about it a little bit more. And it's not that it's smarter. It's that it makes me more decisive. And I think it's because of exactly what you're saying, that it's just by getting quiet, by shutting out sort of the cultural messages that we're being fed, the um, the ruminations that we have in our head of should I do this, should I do that, by 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 quieting that chatter, it becomes so much easier to say, this is where I want to go, this is what I want to do. That decisiveness becomes so much easier because the main input to your decision is just you, right? That inner you that you're talking about. Yeah. And you start really, uh, really clarifying, uh, is this what I want? Or is, or was this what somebody else wanted for me? Or was this what my, you know, 20 year old self wanted and my 40 year old self doesn't want it anymore. So you just start hanging out with your soul. You really start hanging out and spending time with the true self that is you. And the more you hang out with her, the more familiar you get with what she wants, who she is, what she uh, what she wants to create. And, and you become a lot more confident in saying, okay, let's go do that. Even, even when it's very scary, even when she might be telling you, yep, time to quit your job. Or I, I mean, this is so applicable to momming. Um, I'll give you a good example. So when my, I have two young ones, I have a four and a half year old and a one and a half year old. And when my first was born, I just like many first time moms, so good, so ignorant. Um, I was like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't need childcare. I could, I could work and raise this kid. Like no big deal. Like that's why I have a flexible schedule. Right. And it took me all of two months to realize like, oh my gosh, I need help. (laughs) I really need some help. And, um, and we made the decision to put her in daycare, uh, at that point, two times a week. Here's the norm. This is the script mom guilt for doing that immense mom guilt. Oh my gosh, she's only three months old. Um, she, I, I'm such a horrible mom. Like that's the script. That's the norm. And and they're not, they're very real feelings. But when I sat with myself and through journaling, through meditating, I really got to ask myself like, what is important for me? What do I want? And, and what feels right? And through that process got to say, and hear my inner voice say, Katie, work is, the work that I do in this world is is as much of a part of who I am as mothering. So I need to make time for it. And right now, me doing it this way does not work. So what do I need to create for me? And then where can I find this space where I'm really happy? And I was like, okay, two days a week, let's start out with that. And so I was able to like move aside or transcend the mom guilt, that script and say, no, this is what makes me happy. This is what works for me, for my family, um, for everything all the different facets of me that I want to be. So, you know, that that's one little example, but uh, yeah, it just, it helps you really see what it is you want to create. Can you just clarify for everyone that inner voice, kind of how it manifests for you? Because I think sometimes people think like, oh, I'm supposed to get quiet and then I'm going to hear something telling me like, this is what you should do. I I should put my kid in childcare, but it, it doesn't, for me, that's not the experience of it. So when you talk about the inner voice, how does it show up for you? That is a great question. And let me 
preempt this answer by saying, so for anyone who's newer to meditation, there's kind of a misconception that, you know, once they start meditating, the goal of meditation is to have a completely quiet mind and to find that like Zen space. You know, if I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes to have, you know, no thoughts running through my head for 20 minutes. And that's just not true. Your mind is built to create thoughts, to create, you know, thinking. And so, you know, it's not a matter of stopping the thoughts. Meditation is the practice of managing those thoughts and and being able to sort of like identify them, see them as separate from yourself, meaning this is part of that answer. When you have the thought, oh my God, I need to, I need to clean the house. I need to do A, B, and C. You know, if you, if you just take a breath for a second and recognize that, okay, those are all thoughts. What do I really need to do? So we start really distinguishing between the thoughts that are happening all the time and ourselves and and who we really are and what we really need. So knowing that, hopefully that eases your mind is to, you know, not doing a meditation practice right because thoughts are happening all the time. That's normal. It's a practice. And so how does that inner voice really manifest itself for me? And, you know, this might be different for a lot of different people, but for me, it it doesn't always actually happen during the, the, an actual meditation. Like meditation, you know, I might have an insight. I might have sort of a thought that's like, Katie, you need to do this. And it's it's a different sound than, oh, I have to do that task list. It's a different sound. Sometimes that happens. So it's sort of like, you need to do ABC. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Some Sometimes it's just a random thought that comes not during a meditation while I'm laying in bed at night or while I'm in the shower uh, or while I'm playing with the kids or just having, you know, like a sitting moment, whatever it is, that is just like, oh, this would be the good idea. This is an idea. That's an idea. You should try this. Um, And it doesn't scream at me. It just is sort of there. And, And it's a matter of practicing listening to her and getting familiar with when to, when to pay attention, when to not pay attention. So if you're new to this practice, what will happen is you'll sort of get, you know, some people call it a download. Some people call it like an epiphany. Some people call it like an, a moment of clarity and you'll get that. And if you ignore it, it'll keep coming back in a lot of different ways. Somebody else will mention that idea. Somebody else, you know, you'll see it manifested out somewhere. You'll see a book with the title of it. Like you'll see it in a lot of different places. And that sort of is the, in my belief, the, the little, you know, kick in the butt to say, Hey, pay attention to what this voice that what you're hearing, that's how it looks for me. And so it's a matter of just recognizing when I, when I hear that, um, for me, it's very auto, like it's an audio thing. Like I hear something telling me, I hear my voice telling me like, that would be a great, yes, go do that. Or go do this. It's very definitive. It's not the voice of questioning. It's not the voice of like, should I do this? I don't know. Maybe try. It is a very confident and yet soft statement of this is, this is the thing or do this thing or don't do that thing. So that's how, that's how it typically shows up for me. Yeah, no, I think that's extremely helpful. And I think it's similar for me as well. The main benefit in terms of me being able to tap into that inner voice of the meditation is that you see, because you in the practice of meditation, you are witnessing 
your thoughts rather than engaging with them. You see your loops. You see like, oh, I worry about this. Uh, This is something that I am constantly bringing back to the surface. And you watch it without engaging it. And so then it gives you a little space from it. So then when you get a thought that feels different than that, <laughs> yes. right? which is so – it's hard to describe, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It is. It's this – I think I feel it almost more in my body and gut. Like, yes, it, I, I'm hearing the thoughts in my mind, but it feels very – like my whole body is kind of saying yes to it as well. Like, yeah. oh, I hope my, uh, my body perks up and wants to engage with that thought in a way that it doesn't with just the constant worry – loop cycle that I'm typically in. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it, it's not that it's always showing up when you're actually seated in meditation. It's that you in med- meditation are creating that space that allows you to listen more to that quieter, still voice within you, right? Yes, yes. And I actually love the combination of meditating and journaling. Mm. And so for every one of my meditations I have on the Women's Meditation Network podcast, I create journal prompts along with it. And so anyone can go download those for free. And, you know, so for example, you know, in this moment that we're talking, I have a, a meditation out that's called You're Doing a Great Job, Mama. And it's mm-hmm. my intention to just reflect back to you what a phenomenal mother you are, because maybe you don't often hear that or maybe you don't feel that way sometimes. So along with that meditation are journal prompts of like, hey, list a few, list five ways that you are so proud of yourself as a mother and don't edit that. Like just put it down unabashedly. If you could tell yourself something in 20 years, what would it be? So I love journaling in combination with meditating because oftentimes it helps us visibly see that voice. There have been many times where I'm literally writing out, like I've just meditated And I realize, for example, that I'm really unsettled about something. And so I will go to my journal and I will just write like, what am I, you know, what am I feeling right now? And I will just allow myself to write. And what ends up happening is I am writing what I'm feeling and the answer to what I need to do literally comes from my pen. It's such a great way for our subconscious, for our soul, for our inner voice, for intuition to sort of come out in all of these different ways. And so there's no one right way for you to, for that inner voice to speak to you, to, to feel connected to it. It's just like, you get to have fun experimenting with all these different ways. Sometimes it's from maybe somebody in your life or maybe even a stranger who says something to you. And it just is like, Oh my God, yes, that's it. That boom, that that's it. You know? So, um, it's just, it's, it's kind of a fun game, but learning how to tune into her. Yeah. And I, and I think her, she would manifest completely different in in all people too, which is so cool. That's why I love talking about what your experience is of it versus mine. Before we dive into the more tactical how-tos, I do want to make the benefits of meditation and a meditation practice really tangible so that we can get people really excited about about doing this because sometimes it can feel like a daunting task. So I'd love to just share some of the key benefits that we've both experienced from meditation. And I want to take it in two directions if you're up for it. So first to the very practical, like how has this made your life better in all the ways or in a couple of ways. And then second, if you're willing to go a little more woo, if you have had any profound or some would call it mystical or spiritual experiences in meditation that have really shifted 
your reality or worldview in a major way. Yeah. Uh, all the woo, girl. All the, all woo. the woo. Let's go. Um, woo. Yes. Because <laughs> um, it's all part of it. It's all, I mean, we see those as two separate things, but they're actually all, you know, the practical and the woo. Like it's all, it's all together. So practical. Yeah. I would distill practical down to three main points. So one is the physical benefits. I have definitely, you know, muscles have relaxed. I can, I use meditation a lot to go to sleep because my mind is constantly racing at night. So there's an immediate benefit of physically being able to get my body relaxed enough to go to sleep. Um, I have a lot of chronic pain. I've, I, I have horrible neck injuries, back injuries. Um, I, I definitely use meditation to calm my muscles, calm my body, focus on breathing into all those areas of pain. I can release headaches. I can release all those pain points. That's the first thing is like the physical, um, you know, it lowers your blood pressure. It, you know, slowing down your heart rate and getting in tune with your breathing. Like there's so, so many physical benefits. The second point is the psychological benefit. So being able to let go of stress, being able to feel less anxiety, um, being able to um, manage the the heaviness of motherhood, you know. Uh, so, so many psychological benefits of, as far as like letting go of the worry, the stress, the anxiety, and fear, and being able to shift into a good mood and being able to shift into positivity. And then the third thing would be really that confidence um, piece. We've spoken about that, but that really is like being able to know I'm doing what's best for me. And I feel very confident in and I get to keep practicing that. So, um, you know, I definitely have experienced all of those in the more, you know, if you want to call them very practical, I, I, every single day, there's some way where meditation and it, by the way, it doesn't need to look like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just an extra couple of minutes spent in my car or alone in my bedroom before I go out to the family just to do some extra breathing. And, and, you know, it's a little moment of mindfulness. I, I've definitely used that daily, if not more often than once a day to, you know, sort of decrease that stress and kind of get off that emotional roller coaster and, and find more grounding. Um, and then the confidence thing, you know, I, in this moment that we're talking, the women's meditation network is about a year and a half. Oh my gosh. Om almost two years old. And I completely left a business. Like I closed down the business that I had prior to it. That was a very successful business because I knew that this was the next evolution of me, of my work in the world. And, and, and it was terrifying because it was brand new and it was making zero dollars. So I, <laughs> I, um, and you were pregnant, right? And you I were... was pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, so many, I mean, that, that, that case study itself, that little snapshot of, you know, basically closing down a, a very healthy six-figure business when I got pregnant with my second kid because all of a sudden that business just didn't feel right. Like the, literally that's a perfect case study for for really enlivening that sense of self and knowing self through the tool of meditation. Um, and I, I attribute it 100% to, to that practice and knowing myself so that I could navigate all those unknowns and, and knowing when something isn't okay anymore. And now what, and now what, and now what? Yeah. Talk about taking a leap, pregnant, <laughs> leaving a business to start something brand new. And I think my practical, the benefits for me of meditation, the, the practical benefits are very 
similar. It's funny. I, I don't think so much about the physical benefits for myself. I think probably because I also have a yoga practice and I probably attribute more of the physical pieces to the yoga practice. But for me, definitely that, as I said, you know, I thought I felt smarter, but really it's that I'm more decisive. I'm just quick to make a decision. So I have that that level, increased level of confidence too. And then the two pieces that really I find lovely about having a meditation practice. And I can see very clearly when I stop meditating how these are impacted is the first is that I am so much less volatile in my (laughs) feelings. I'm much less likely to uh, be angry, especially at my kids or my husband. There's just an equanimity that is created by (laughs) being able to see oh, yeah, you feel pissed right now. You don't need to literally act out on it by yelling at someone. So that's the big one for me. And then the second piece that I think it ties into that volatility too is I just feel like I can access more joy. I am able to, when I am meditating, to walk outside and just really be overwhelmed by gratitude for the beauty of the world around me and be sitting with my kids and watch them do something so little that they do every day, but just feel my heart fill with this like, oh, isn't that amazing? These little people are so amazing. And that it it is such a beautiful benefit of it to really feel less of the negative emotions and feel like it's so much easier to find the positive emotions yes. for me uh, that it makes me keep doing it. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to stop. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think gratitude and presence are probably the core underlying gateways to sort of the, that joy, to access to that joy, to the life that you want to build, to the confidence. Like it literally it all starts with presence and gratitude, presence and gratitude. And, you know, you know that I feel like that really shifts us out in any moment. Those two things are able to shift us out of whatever we're in and get us into the moment, help us feel grateful for what we have. And when you feel grateful for what you have, you attract more of that versus if you're focused on what you don't have or what you what's so wrong or what's so bad, you get more of that. So uh, those two those two things I, lo- I love. Gratitude is massive, massive, massive. Yeah. And it's like you don't have to do like, oh, I'm going to sit and think about what I'm grateful for. It just comes. To me, it just feels so much more fluid. That gratitude, it just like pops into me when I'm meditating versus when I'm not. I really have to be like, okay, what's good today? What am I thankful for? But I don't have to do that when meditating. So I I really enjoy that (laughs) that part of it. Okay, let's go. I'm going to let my woo out of the box a little bit. This is a very new thing for me to be sharing more of the woo side of things, but uh, let's do it. So uh, do you want to share an experience that you've had? And and the reason I want to go here is because I do think, obviously, all of the, the tangible benefits that we just talked about, those are all amazing and fantastic reasons to be meditating and really probably the best reasons to be meditating. But then there is this secondary benefit where you literally can have these moments that just kind of happen in an instant. And it's like your worldview is completely shifted and changed in a way that you never anticipated when you are meditating. So I want to 
share these experiences so people can see like, oh, that could actually happen as a result of meditation if you've been doing it for a little while. Yes. So I feel a little hard pressed to come up with like an exact scenario. I would love to hear yours. I've always considered myself very deeply spiritual. And what that has always meant to me is that I feel like through knowing myself and, and therefore understanding how special and unique and important I am and simultaneously how, how I am one of a large amount of people and I'm just a little, you know, speck in this world and insignificant, but I'm also part of this massive, beautiful world. Like I feel like through the practice of meditation, through the practice of journaling, through the practice of getting to know myself, it, really what that has all bundled into it is an immense amount of mindfulness of who I am and who I am in this world, how important and also how non-important I am. I can very quickly move from feeling the daily overwhelm being uh, and, you know, all the things that that are important in my life. And I need to do this, this, and this, and I need to move through these things. So I could very quickly shift to, you know, seeing how beautifully connected we are, all are in this world. And I could see how important and how real I can transfer energy to you and, and, you know, how I can genuinely help you or you can help me or we're connected. Like I just literally all things are possible. And so I don't have any one example of this, but like there's a gazillion ways that I feel like something or someone has shown up in my life at the exact right point or, you know, that thing that I really needed that I just didn't know how I was going to get it. All of a sudden it's there to literally feeling like being able to ask a girlfriend, can you send me Reiki and energy? Because I believe that that helps me because that's what I need right now. So, you know, for me, it's just a, a really deep knowing that like there's something so much bigger and I can continue to tap into that. And it's magical and mundane all, all in one. Like there are moments of deep spirituality that I feel like I can open my eyes and I just see the most radiant green outside in a way that I couldn't see yesterday. And, you know, all of a sudden something's there. All of a sudden that money's in my bank account. All of a sudden that person surprised me with this thing. And or all of a sudden I have this massive opportunity that I didn't think that I would have. So it, it just it shows up in really random ways. And, you know, the way that, it, you know, that all gets distilled back to meditation is, is I really truly believe that it's ultimately through me practicing mindfulness, me practicing being aware of how I'm showing up in the world and what's possible. And that starts opening up my mind to everything. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have a teacher who talks a lot about the micro and the macro kind of view of your life. And when you're in your mic micro view, it's like, it's all about you and your problems and things like that. And when you can step back and shift out to the macro, you instead begin looking at your place in the web of the world and how you can contribute and, and all of that. And so it sounds like your meditation practice really just continues to connect you to that that macro level where you really are able to to tap into something so much bigger than you. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's something as simple as like, I really believe that it helps me heal my body. I have had 
so many examples of like <laughs> last year, I all of a sudden was starting to have knee problems to like to the point where I needed to go get an MRI. Like I could not walk well. And I, this is going to sound really woo. I literally just was like, okay, I'm going to heal this. And I started meditating and I would breathe into my knee and I would just say, you know, my, my doctor was telling me it's probably my, you know, not mild, not heavy, but like your medium arthritis. Right. So I'm like, nope, I'm 41 years old. I was like, nope, not going to believe that. I'm, I'm just going to believe that I can heal it. Whatever's going on, I can heal it. And I would just breathe in. I would have this beautiful vision of like, you know, beautiful energy coming in and healing my knee. And two weeks later, it's fine. I've not had an issue since. Amazing. <laughs> I, yeah. And I could, I could give you a thousand different examples of that. I feel like I've healed asthma in a very similar way alongside some natural uh, supplements, um, very specific natural supplements and have healed lifelong asthma. I don't take anything uh, for it now, uh, for years now. Um, I have, I have a neck injury. I'm constantly working on being, you know, envisioning expanding my spine so that I can let go of that pain. So like, I definitely turn around and use that very physically. Yeah. Well, I'll share mine because it is fun, fun one. My story is interesting because I really have been very scientifically minded for a very long time. And not that being scientifically minded excludes the spiritual piece of it, but I was excluding the spiritual piece of it, uh, just being like, I really am only going to believe in the things that I can see, touch, and feel. And then my family and I traveled around in an RV for 16 months. And as we were doing that, we were traveling to all of these beautiful places and spending all of this time in nature. And I was meditating at one point on that trip. And I had this, it was a download. That was, that's all I can say about it. I went from one moment thinking, this life is all that there is. And when I die, it's all done to having this, this knowledge just land in my body of this is not the only time you have been here or will be here. And it was this, Mm -hmm. this realization of the continuity of our souls and our experiences, which to me at the point, like blew my mind, like what is going on? Because that was so counter to what it was that I had believed up to that point, uh, which then led me to start researching the research on past life experiences. And there's a ton of it out there. And I, I hope to share some of that on the podcast because it's fascinating. I mean, talk about a shift in your worldview <laughs> from meditation. To me, it was just I went from one day believing something to another day knowing something completely different yeah. to a point where it doesn't matter what anyone says to me about that. I It it landed in me in a way that I, it just can't be disputed. So that was fun. <laughs> it was really pretty That's cool. That's incredible. Yeah. That is so incredible. And, you know, I really would chalk that up to the fact where it's not necessarily just meditation, but it's like meditation is one of the most powerful ways that you could just pause and listen. Mm-hmm. And in this world where we we are really um, programmed to run, 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 go as fast as possible, achieve, 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 taking the time to pause and listen and just be are huge opportunities to plug in to something bigger, huge opportunities to plug in. And so it's the more you do it, the more you're you sit in silence, the more that you med- meditate, the more you just take that time, be out in nature, take walks in nature, the more opportunities you give yourself to be open to what 
the world has to teach and, you know, what's there for you. Right. What you need to know. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay. All right. So let's now dive into more of the how-to. I love on your website that you say a meditation practice does not have to look like getting up at 5 a.m. and meditating for an hour with incense burning every single day. Because honestly, for moms, that type of meditation experience simply isn't going to be possible for most of us. So what can it look like instead? It can look like, at, at its bare bones, it can look like what I'm going to call mini moments of mindfulness. It can look like taking an extra couple of minutes in the shower and just breathing and just letting the water hit you, feeling the warm water, being grateful for the water, being grateful for this time, taking a couple deep breaths in, maybe feeling your body, being grateful for your body. And it can start there. Or it can be, like I said before, sitting in your car, you know, after you go grocery shopping and, uh, you know, every, let everyone go in the house and just sit in your car for an extra five minutes and maybe just take 10 deep breaths. So that's where it can start. It, you can you can literally, you know, integrate it into the current life that you have. It can start there. And starting there is a very big, it's a big move. It, it'll You'll immediately start feeling the physical effects and and secondarily, the psychological effects, right? Letting go, being able to just breathe, to let go of the stress, all that stuff. Um, being able to access the gratitude. Then you can work up to actually setting aside time throughout the day for it. Now, one giant misconception I want to to really, you know, shoot out of the water is that you have to do it every day in order to be considered a good meditator. And that's not true. I I go through seasons where I meditate, um, you know, and where I'm active meditating. Sometimes there are seasons where I'm meditating regularly every single morning. And sometimes it looks less structured. And it's just sort of like, okay, I got the kids down for a nap. I got 10 minutes. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's, you know, right before I go to bed. But then there are seasons where I'm like, I I don't do a traditional, let me take out this time to go do meditation. I I might go weeks without doing that. But I think it's important to you know, eventually graduate into like, I am setting aside time for this thing that is important for me, uh, no matter what that would look like for you. And that can be something as simple as, you know, 10 minutes, setting your timer for 10 minutes. It could be putting on a meditation, pressing play uh, for a guided meditation on the Women's Meditation Network. It could be, uh, and I love guided meditations because, uh, they're much like having an instructor for a workout or, you know, going because you don't have to think about what you're doing. Even if you've done down dog a gazillion times, having an instructor in there, you know, there in front of you, walking you through it verbally, uh, you know, physically is just it just takes all the pressure off of you. And that's very similar to a guided meditation. So so that's where you can start. You know, you don't need to meditate in the same place every single day. Although if you find a really good place that makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel yeah. really joyful, great. Uh, so I would say start first with, you know, moments of mindfulness and then commit to taking some time out regularly to actually put on a guided meditation or or just, you know, set your clock and go for 10 minutes or go for X amount of minutes and just increase a little bit. The, the goal is not really to increase time unless that's something that you want. Hey, I want to be able to sit for an hour. The goal is to just do it consistently and give yourself that space to pause. For those who are brand new to meditation and really find solace in structure, I actually have a seven-day meditation challenge. And um, and it's a, you know, the meditations are anywhere from five to 
I think 15 minutes every single day for seven days. So you get one of those every single day and you don't have to think about what you're going to do that day. You just, okay, cool. I'm just going to press play and I've got my time, you know, set aside and I'm going to do that. So you just commit to doing it for seven days. And then by day eight, it's a little bit easier to do. Also, if you commit, right, like sign up for that, that challenge. And then once you feel the benefits, it makes it so much more easy to continue because you've gotten a taste of what it can do for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, you spoke to this a little bit already, but I want to talk about the people who think that they're bad at it because I have guided meditations in all of my programs because I see them as a really valuable tool when women are working to repair their post-baby bodies. For one, relaxing the body and the muscles can be really helpful for any issues that are related to tension, things like a tight pelvic floor or tight hips. But more than that, I find it really helpful as a tool for reconnecting women back to their physical bodies. Because when we're in pain or the body isn't behaving the way we want it to, it's really easy to disconnect. So I like to use meditation as a tool to reestablish that connection. But inevitably, there are always some women that will say, I'm really bad at this because my mind goes everywhere, right? Which is exactly the reason you should meditate. So (laughs) I'm sure you get this all the time. But what is your response to the people who feel, quote unquote, bad at meditating? Yeah, um, meditation is a practice. There's no such thing called being good or bad. You just choose to do it or not. So an inoperable paradigm, basically. (laughs) So what I would say is, uh, number one, every meditator whether they're just beginning or whether they've been meditating like me for 23 years or whether they are a guru teaching other people how to teach meditation and been doing it for 50, 60 years. Everyone's mind is moving. Everyone's. We're human. That's what it does. That's the job of the brain. So it's not that you're good or bad at it. It It's much like, again, it's there's so many similarities to like working out and being physical, having a physical practice. Mm-hmm. Even the most elite athletes still will be challenged during a workout. Right. When they show up to work out, it's not like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I am, um, you know, I'm an Olympic swimmer. I When I show up for my workout, I'm not going to feel pain. It's This is all going to be bliss. That's That doesn't exist. <laughs> you still work for it every single day. You still are figuratively stretching that muscle and flexing that muscle and and getting it stronger. And much like physical practice, it it just the more you do it, the the better you get at it. The the more that you run, the the faster you might get into the runner's high. The fat the the easier it might be. But then, as somebody who's been an athlete my whole life and and has run a lot, you know, I could be I could be running, you know, in a season of running, and day two feels really good, but day seventeen. It's horrible, you know, for a gazillion right. different reasons, <laughs> and it's tough. But I still show up every day, so. So that's what I would say is just let go of any sense of what it should look like. Let go of the shoulds. I have a meditation called let go of the shoulds. So if you're trying to start a meditation practice, go listen to that one. It doesn't, it shouldn't look like anything other than you showing up and and committing to doing it. And I'll say this as a giant advocate for guided meditations. You know, when I first started meditating, I was, I think, 18 years old and I was actually introduced to the concept in a yoga class that I was taking in college. And it was those last five minutes in, you know, Shavasana at the end. And the teacher took me through a guided meditation. And I was like, OMG, that was amazing. (laughs) I feel so good (laughs) after that. 
and I wanted more. And so, you know, that was back in 1997, 98. So we definitely did not have, I did not have access to podcasts with free meditations. I did not have access to easy access to a lot of guided meditations that I could get. So I remember the first couple of times I would sit on my bed in my dorm room, trying to sit in the lotus position, perfectly erect with my hands on my knees. And it took all of 18 seconds for me to want to, you know, throw my pillow up against the wall because the, my mind was going, my body was uncomfortable and, oh my gosh, like this is not the feeling that I want. So it's very easy to feel frustrated. So that is why I really encourage you to, especially when you're starting out, use guided meditations because they take away so much of the responsibility and the heaviness of needing to do it right because somebody else would be guiding you through that. And, you know, get yourself into a comfortable position. You don't have to be sitting in a nice cross-legged lotus position. You can be laying on your bed. You could lay on your couch in your favorite position. Like the more comfortable you are and aware that you are, the, the easier it's going to be to start feeling the benefits. Yes. Yeah, that that analogy to athletes and working out is such a good one too because yeah, there's definitely going to be days where it feels easier and days when it feels harder and I think stepping back and looking at the patterns of that too like oh, these past few days it has felt really hard and my mind is all over the place. Well, most likely, right? It's coming because there's something going on in your life that is causing that. Maybe you're more stressed. Maybe you're trying to do too much, right? And so taking the action and doing it is going to be so much more important than the way you do it, where you're sitting, all of that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, you just released a mom's meditation bundle. So can you share the details of what that's all about? Yeah. So I have a mom's meditation bundle. It's a compilation of 19 different guided meditations. They vary from, you know, five minutes to probably 18 minutes. And they're all guided meditations that kind of are geared towards any particular moment or season or experience of motherhood that you might be having. So, you know, there's one called No More Mom Guilt. There's one called Love Your Body. There's one called You Are Extraordinary. You Are Appreciated. Um, they vary between like actual practical, like a breathing meditation, you know, detach from your thoughts and into like those confidence meditations of like, I'm going to tell you how amazing you are because you may not feel it sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed. So all of these meditations that I've created, I've bundled together. And especially in this particular moment in time where, you know, many of us are in quarantine uh, and it it's just heavy. And so I wanted to be able to put this out there as just a giant you're doing a great job. Like, you're awesome. You're amazing. Take these moments for yourself and let me whisper into your ear about how amazing you are. So the bundle's available. Um, it's 10 bucks for, you know, all of these meditations. I even do a free uh, com um, companion, mom's bundle companion. That's like a downloadable of a bunch of journal prompts and affirmations and all sorts of really cool visible tools that you could use. Amazing. We'll put the link to that in the show notes because I'm sure everyone's going to want to grab it. Okay, so now that we've convinced everyone to begin meditating, where can they find you and the Women's Meditation Network? Yeah, so the easiest thing to do would be to go in the search bar of whatever podcast app you're listening to right now and just go type in the Women's Meditation Network uh, and go subscribe. Um, and you can also go to womensmeditationnetwork.com. You'll find access to the podcast there as well, in addition to a bunch of other resources available. Fantastic. And we'll put all those links in the show notes as well. 
Katie, thank you so much for being on today. And thank you for this great conversation. Catherine, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Rise Rooted. You can find all the links mentioned in today's show at our website, brbyoga.com, as in be right back. And if you're looking for support to heal your post-baby body, please head to our website. There you'll find our courses for core, pelvic floor, and hip health, as well as free masterclasses and blog posts designed to teach you how to feel your best in your post-baby body. And yes, that even applies to you if you had your baby 30 years ago. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or posting a screenshot of today's episode to Instagram. Doing so makes my day and helps other moms find the show. Thanks so much for being here. Till next time.